Blog Talk Radio.
COVID, <clears throat> especially the people that have to clean up after them, and those who are keeping the stock, these shelves stocked and keeping our stores open. Um, Fight Words is, has a, a new uh, sponsor. Uh, it's BioSolar. Uh, you can get a hold of Kevin at uh, Patrick. I'm sorry, at 727-314-6976. You can uh, lease uh, solar panels and no money, uh, no money down, except your your FPNL bill by permanently for 25 percent. Uh, they go all over the country. They are licensed all over the country. So if you need to get some uh, solar panel prices, give Patrick and, and the guys a call at 727-314-6978. There's uh, also a, a $200 rebate uh, if you call within and tell them you're calling from Fighting Words. Well, guys, it's glad, I'm glad everybody's back. We've got uh, the whole crew here tonight, Ty, uh, Zito, Caden, uh, Bob, myself. So uh, let's. Uh, and we got a lot to talk about. Uh, Bob, what about, tell me about Sean O'Malley and uh, uh, was it uh, Ruan Puvath, Puvath, with a TKO. <clears throat> I'll be 100% honest with you. I haven't watched a fight in three weeks, brother. <laughs> so I have no idea. <laughs> I've been enjoying yeah, family too. time and Christmas and the holidays, so I had to get up with somebody else. Yeah, I um, hey, I watched that? I watched that fight. Um, it's just like every other Sean O'Malley performance. He goes out there, he's he outskills every opponent he faces. I mean, I I can't wait till he faces an actual worthy opponent. You know, someone maybe in the top ten. Uh, so I do want him to get a tighter shot the next two years here, and he's not going to do that if he doesn't, you know, start fighting guys that are at least, you know, top ten, top five, you know, and he, he hasn't been doing that, which has kind of been making me a little, you know, antsy about his whole his whole career and stuff like that, you know, he's been doing it for a long time, and he's been good for a long time as well, and he just, he hasn't even gotten to the, he hasn't even gotten top five yet. All right, All right how about uh, uh, Charles Oliveri and, uh, the Dustin Poirier fight. That was a hard, hard, a really tough fight. That was a tough fight, and I was, I, I was, I was wrong about a lot of fights last year. I, I honestly thought that um, that uh, Amanda Nunez was the best pound for pound on the planet. I, I remember saying mm-hmm. that. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of retract my statement. Hey, at least you're learning. Would you uh, like to enlighten our uh, our fans about uh, how you spent your afternoon. Yeah, I was. Um, I went and I uh, went, met Mike Tyson. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And what else? Who else did you meet? Uh, oh, oh, um, uh, Sammy Scaff. Sammy Scaff. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the only people that remember Sammy Scaff would be. Uh, uh, Ty and Azito and myself. Ty, you got anything on that? No, actually, I don't remember Sammy Scotch. <laughs> he fought Tyson back in the um, very early part of his career. Just took oh, him right okay. out. Yeah, well, Tyson yeah. was taking everybody out on his, on his come yeah. up. Yeah. Right. 
But kudos, man. I'm glad you had a, a fantastic day, it seems. Thank you. Um, I guess, uh, Bob, what do, you, what do you think about uh, uh, Adesanya and uh, Whitaker coming out um, off of, after a layoff with the, the uh, UFC 271? Um Matching them up, I mean, Whitaker's a bad guy or a, a bad boy, but Adesanya is just on another level. Are they doing a crossover? Um, yes. I haven't heard about that. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're doing the uh, rematch. The rematch is coming up. Um, oh. Since, if you remember, uh, Whitaker was knocked out by Adesanya. Yeah. Um, but since that point, he's proven himself to clear number two in the division. Um, with victories over Gasoline, he's also beaten uh, Darren Hill. He's beaten um, uh, Jared Kanier. So, uh, you know, he's a clear number two in the division. So the rematch is coming up uh, just a couple weeks out. Mm-hmm. February 5th. Yes. Ty, what do you think of uh, Joseph Parker? Uh, it took him 10, 12 rounds to. Uh, to get over his uh, last uh, fight with Chisora, do you think that was uh, was was? It seemed to be drag out for me. I thought he'd be out. Well, of I thought early. it was a good fight. Yeah, well, you know, it looked like he was going to get Chisora out of there a couple times. He dropped him hard. Yeah. Not slash knockdown. Right. He dropped him hard three times. Uh, but at the same time, you got to give Chisora all the credit in the world for his recuperative ability and also for his guile and his cleverness. <laughs> to go ahead and finagle his way out of trouble in those situations, even more than anything. Actually, that was one of Parker's better performances that I've seen in quite some time. He fought with more passion. He uh, stood his ground a little bit more. He didn't look as contact-averse as usual. Um, and with that said, Chisora was older. You know, I thought he would lose. He was just going to be older going into the rematch, whereas you know, Parker's still only 29. So I figured Chisora would lose. Um, but Parker did, to me, impress uh, just from the way he had been fighting recently in that performance. Okay. Lee? Yeah, I have to agree with Ty. Uh, Parker, he, he showed a mean streak. And uh-huh. and, and to be honest, uh, as, as mean as the streak was, if it was, I think you know, if it was any of the other top guys, they would have finished the show. But um, for Parker, that was good. It was good that he stood his ground and he threw it with mean intention. He was a bit offensive minded, um, and that it, it benefited him. Just because when you have a guy that that aggressive and strong and aggressive like that, you going to have to make a mistake. I mean, you can't you can't go through rounds rounds of, of a guy like Chisora and not have him respect you. I mean, because what's going to end up happening is the first fight. He's going to. I mean, I mean, for goodness' sake, him and Usyk, Usyk has to be happy. Sort of, you know what I mean? Not dealing with Chisora. So, so I mean, you have. I mean, I, I'm impressed with Parker. I mean, but at the same time, that's older to sure. And, you know, who's to say that he have that same streak if he fights like a Dylan White again? I mean, we, you know, that's yet to be seen. Mm-hmm. And it was the second time seeing uh, to sure. And, and 
usually after the first time you get over that fear to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's a very good point about it being the second time because, you know, Joseph Parker can and did adjust, whereas, you know, Chisora is going to bring the same skill set, the same game plan every single fight. You know what he's going to do. He's not going to adjust. He's just going to get older, whereas you can get a little bit better. And that's what Parker did. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Z? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. Parker, um, he, 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 he met. I don't want to say he met force with force, but he met the aggression properly, to where he 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 came with his own aggression. And sometimes your best defense can be, you know, a, a good, steady, consistent, hard offense.
Caleb Plant's a good fighter. I mean, I I was really I really didn't know a lot about him until he fought Canelo. Yeah, you because know, I'm not really big into the whole boxing uh, scene, not yet at least. I'm still doing my homework. Uh, but when he fought Canelo, I was extremely surprised the way he held up. And he was so tough in there with Canelo. Um, and someone that can do that with him, I, I think is I, – I, yeah, I think he has that fight. I think he's winning that fight. Uh, wait, Nick. Uh, he, you mentioned about Charlie moving up. He's uh, he's applied to the uh, WBC for okay to move up to uh, 165. Is that a good move for him? Yeah, well, it depends how he feels. Um, and, and I think to me, I mean, his frame absolutely. His frame looks to me he could fight at 175 uh, eventually, maybe. I mean, but I mean, he's a, he's a why he's a tall, wide-shouldered guy. Um, he hits hard. I mean, that's one thing. He hits hard for his weight, and I think that can carry up. Um, it's the, it all to me. It depends on who he fights. It all depends on who he fights. And at one six, I think at one sixty, he he is one of the top guys right now. At one sixty, he might be the top guy in there. Um, but at one sixty-eight, that's a different obstacle. I mean, to me. You have guys like Benavidez and, as you said, Plant, even Canelo. Um, these, I mean, I don't, I don't see Charlie immediately moving up to that weight and beating any one of those guys. Not, not immediately. I have to see him at the weight. I, I could be wrong, but I, before I even totally assess it to that point, I would have to see Charlo at that weight. How, how his power is. How his, how his armor is. Now the best anyway to me. 
and he's won better competition. I, I just think that it's going to it's going to be a close fight. I, I don't think you know, and Gano is going to get you know a spectacular knockout for him. God, I don't think Gano's going to get a knockout. Um, I just think that it's going to be it's going to be a champion fight. If you get what I mean, where you know it, it's the champion touches it out, but you know now, and I can see them looking. You know, God might have won in some complaints, and maybe they set a rematch up. I don't know mm-hmm. in a rematch. I don't know if Nagano would beat God in a rematch. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the you know, fighter with more game tends to they, they could tend to adjust a little better. Mm-hmm. They did Bob, train together. Nagano and Gano did train mm-hmm. together. Absolutely. Yeah, they were they were former training partners and stuff like that as well. So they they've kind of got some history with each other. Also behind the scenes, like with the UFC two sixty eight or something, exchanging some words. But uh, yeah, I started. Uh, I, I just was on Amazon and, and ordered some extra crow. Uh, you know what I mean? Just so we can have it on hand. Um, and then uh, because they got solely. You know, on how poorly the UFC treated Nagano, I I want that guy to go out on top. Um, uh, and and I think he like like Z said, the more experienced in the ring. Um, Daryl Gain is in undoubtedly a, a fantastic striker. Um, I think he's going to play more to the outside, kind of the boxing thing. Uh, says he's not afraid of of, of uh, Nagano's power. Um, but I, I, I think uh, it, it'll be a it'll be a pretty good fight um, if it does go to distance. Possibly, I mean they're both incredible strikers. So uh, I mean maybe points. I don't know because be, because they uh, be effective both the, the strikes thrown. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Nagano just so we at least have somebody eating crow. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Can you maybe join me? You know. How about uh, all right, Bob? What about uh, Nikki uh, calling out McGregor? Um, now I I didn't hear it that way. I heard that uh, Dana White said that McGregor um, Diaz trilogy is is potential, but Diaz has got to want that fight. I didn't hear that he stepped up to the plate with that yet. Yeah, he has. It's, uh, that's what uh, he's calling him out for that. Nice. Well, then that'll that'll probably take place uh, sometime this year. Um, I guess what are they? McGregor saying uh, his coach is saying early summer for his recovery. Um, you know, I mean, I wish him the best of luck. Break a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about uh, your very favorite fighter, uh, Jake Paul? Now, like as far as I know more about him uh, this whole last holiday season than anybody else, and I'm feeling really bad about it. Uh, my wife even sent me an extra article on that guy. So, if uh, if he's true to these latest, uh, uh, you know, he, he he knocked out Woodley again. Um, Woodley dropped that left hand. Uh, I, I mean, they say it was fixed. They say it was this, that. They say money, um, and and I've said all of that. 
Um, but I, I have to admit, that's how I lost my last fight. Uh, before I went to retire again, I dropped my left hand and caught a right uh, hook. Um, it, uh, it happens. Uh, you know, knocks you equal run out. You're, you're out. Um, there's no question there. But uh, And then uh, Jake Paul is uh, now calling out Dana White and stuff like that as far as trying to treat uh, how he treats fighters. Now, um, if, if he's true to that and he's really, he's really trying to get fighters more pay and some benefits and stuff like that, then Jake Paul has actually gone up one in my book. Now, if you total everything up, he's up to one. That, that gives him one. So uh, he's at least made the book. Yeah, I'll say I'll say this about Jake Paul. A lot of people say he can't box. Even I say he can't box. He hasn't fought a real boxer yet. I'll stand by that. But I'll also stand by, I don't care who you are. He's a UFC. Simon Woodley was a former UFC fighter. He knows how to take a punch. And for him to get knocked out with heavier gloves, I mean, I mean with um, with boxing gloves, I mean that, is, that, that 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 does take that does take skill, it does take power to knock somebody out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it takes power to knock somebody out. And I, don't, I don't care who you are, the average Joe cannot knock somebody out. And to, and to kind of agree with you, and and to kind of bring another point though, Jake Paul is heavier. By nature, then they were not to the same weight when in the ring at all. Um, but the way he set Woodley up was still that that that's one is 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 still the way you faint to the body, especially when you throw a body jab. And you're throwing the body jab, and if you're throwing it to the left side of the body, the left hand is going to come down a lot of times, especially when you're not trained to block with your elbows. And Tyrone Woodley's a wrestler by nature. He's a wrestler by nature. So when you talk about habits, habits creep in later in the fight. You know, when people, when, when guys start to fight out, you know, their technique, their speed, their strength, that that's all inclusive. But then when when the little the little bit of heavy breathing comes in, or when the thought process has to start kicking in during the fight, for the most part, well then. That's when guys tend to have them to say this. They tend to lose. Well, they tend to you know lose. They tend to expose a little bit more. To which, like Tyrone Woodley, he's a guy whose habits got have got get got exposed during the course of the fight, and it was set up beautifully by Jake Paul. Um, with that said, Jake Paul he. He has done one thing also to me, sort of positive. He's revived the name of boxing. Maybe not the best way I think, to be honest, but boxing, boxing has taken major hits, and to me, majorly due to boxing promotion, but boxing is taking major hits to where people have tuned out. They tuned out. So... Jake Paul is naturally going to be Dana White's enemy. It's just because you're dealing with two different revenue streams to a certain degree. So when he mixes and takes MMA fighters and knocks them out, Dana White doesn't like that at all because it, it, it seems to lift boxing up to a certain degree and not you know not as much MMA. They, they are competing venues, to be honest. 
I mean, now, you know, you can watch both. I watch both. But, they, you know, they're not, you know, they don't co-promote too much as far as that goes. They did it with uh, with Floyd Mayweather and, 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 and Conor McGregor. But that was insane amounts of money that nobody would turn down. But he's not gonna like when you're under contract with him. You're not gonna keep doing. You're not gonna keep doing that with his fighter, making you know taking that away from that government screen. All right. Z, what about uh, Charlo wants to go to 165? Uh, he could. He could. He could do it. I mean, as I said before, he's a he's a tall guy, wide shoulder frame. I, I think he could easily make 165, 168. I mean, he, he he's easily to me a, a super middleweight. Um, I think a lot of yeah. his skills would transfer up there too. Um, just not sure. I mean, again, as I said before, against the top guys there, I'm not sure that you know I have to see how he performs at that weight against you know some maybe somebody who's not one of the top guys. But it's hard for me to. I mean, money and boxing. You know, how boxing is they want to. If the matchup is there, it, it, you know, and the money's there. Then, then the fighters, they tend to be willing to fight each other. So it, it, it's very possible to see, you know, Charlo at 165, you know, fighting, you know, somebody. Um, I don't know. I'm looking, maybe, you know, they're talk, they've been talking about Canelo for a while. Um, I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, that's very possible. You know, promotionally, that, that, you know, that's, that's beginning to be very possible. So. Okay. All right, let me, let me go to Ty. <clears throat> Ty, do you think we will ever see a uh, Fury Dylan White? Well, I mean, the first bid is in, and it's come in at 80, uh, 80% for Team Fury, 20% for Team White. It always comes in in favor of the champion. That's that's pretty significant a difference. Uh even still. Um, with that said, uh, it really comes down to whether, you know, Dylan White accepts the terms or not. Um, part of the uh-huh. issue for the fight was Team Fury felt Dylan White was pricing himself out. So, with the with it going to purse bid, it's just a matter of if Dylan White, first of all, it depends on who 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 has the highest bid. So, if, if Top Rank and, and Frank Warren and Team Fury uh, you know, ha- put in a higher bid, than uh than the zone and Eddie Hearn and Team White, then then they get to promote the fight. And if that's the case, I really don't think Dylan White will take the fight. I think if Eddie Hearn puts in the winning bid to his Dylan White's promoter, then Dylan White may take the fight. But again, there's a big issue with the uh with what he feels he is worth, that being Dylan White. The other thing too is is he was going to arbitration with the WBC who was sanctioning the fight. So there are some, some issues going on behind the scene that could prevent Dylan White from signing the contract. However, I think he's going to sign the contract because he's waited so many years for this shot. He's finally, when he got eliminated, uh-huh. got knocked out by the Povetkin, so he's just come back into this position. So uh, I think it'd be hard for him to turn it down uh, because even 20% of a potential fight in the U.K. with Tyson Fury could still be a career high purse for this guy, so uh, we'll see. But that, that's what's going on with it right now. And, and I think he could, be, uh, he could go with the uh, he could go with the blueprint of gambling on himself. 
to where, you know, to where, it, listen, if he's confident enough, then he's going to take the lower purse bid, as you said, just to take to get the shot. Because if he gets the shot and, he, you know, you got to bet on yourself, he gets the shot and wins, it pays off for him. It's simple as that. But when you get the shot, sometimes you, I mean, you do want to get your worth, but at the same time, the opportunity could could benefit you even more. So it, it, it depends. You know, you go, and, you know, that's, that's the thing, too, because remember, he, he was the number one ranked mandatory by the WBC for, like, a thousand yeah. days. Mm-hmm. While Dr. Yeah. Wilder was the champion, and then when he finally got himself into a position for for a final eliminator, he got sparked out by Povetkin. So he comes back, he you know he beats Povetkin, wins a couple of fights. Now he's finally in position to where it's actually going to purse bid. Like I, I, even though he's going to be thoroughly dissatisfied with the terms. I just think that he's at the point specifically. It's not that like Dylan White's 25. You know, Dylan White's like 33, 34 years old now, 32, 33 years old now. So he's at that point in his career where I think it behooves him to take the shot. Will he? I don't know. But I think he will, specifically if the zone wins the promotional rights to it. Mm-hmm. But you just don't know. You just don't know. Good. Um. Z, what do you think? Because uh, the other uh, thing, real quick, that has to be considered too, is that if he doesn't take the shot, and Fury, Bob Arum's already said, and Frank Warren have already said, Fury's fighting March 26th or whatever against Dylan White or whomever. So think this way: if Dylan White doesn't take the shot, and Fury fights, I don't know, let's say Otto Valen again or somebody, and Fury wins, well then we have the the AJ Usyk rematch coming up and say Usyk wins again. Well, then now the path's clear for their unification. So not only if Dylan White doesn't sign this contract, it could be a couple of years before the belts are even in a position for him to get another shot. So, uh-huh. I mean, like, all that has to be considered. Uh, right. Okay. Is that yep. an exclamation point here? Hey, Z, what do you think about uh, Eubanks and uh, Williams being off? Liam Williams, it's like being off. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, for COVID? Yeah. Yeah, oh no. Inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, Z, what do you think about uh, Canelo Alvarez versus uh, Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury? Which is which is the one that's going to sign the contract? Nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody. <laughs> um, uh, understand? <laughs> these, these guys have business amongst themselves at, at the heavier weight. They're like super heavyweights to a degree. It's Canelo. I mean, the most he done he. I think the most he's fought at was 173, <laughs> and that was against Kovalev. It might have been around one, might not have been that much. But so Canelo, he's a guy five foot nine at the most, probably five foot eight and some change to be honest. Uh, he has like a sixty-seven inch reach, and <laughs> he's dealing with guys with eighty, eighty plus inch reaches. 
that I mean, Canelo's not. Uh, if, if I'm now, I can imagine. You know, he, he you know, I never would have thought that he had to move from like uh, super welterweight to, 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 to you know to get title at light heavyweight. You know, even welterweight. So, you know, he, you know, if would he fight one of those guys? I seriously doubt it. Would he try to get a heavyweight title? That wouldn't surprise me. That one, he might, he might try something the Roy Jones route. But to me, right now, it seems Canelo is extremely comfortable at 168. You know, now maybe if the money provides, if something lines up, I think he might fight a light heavyweight. But I don't think he's even going to come on the scales at, you know, 175 light a light heavyweight match. I don't think he. So I mean, now I don't see him. Eddie, like, Eddie, uh, Eddie Reynoso. Eddie Reynoso, who is Canelo's trainer and manager, he, he like mixed that. He said that's just, you know, internet chatter because of what Canelo's accomplished. So he looks at it as flattery, but he also looks at it as absolutely ridiculous. First thing to consider is, you know, outside of Canelo, is that uh, Eddie Reynoso's high on the guy he has in his camp, Frank Sanchez, who uh, just had another victory, he's undefeated, outboxed F.A. Jogba, who was considered a, 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 a big-time prospect, and, you know, so he has a guy who he knows is a skilled heavyweight who could be a difficult guy for just about, you know, most guys on most nights. Um, the other thing, too, is, is is there was talk of, of oh, if Usyk came to cruiserweight, would Canelo fight Usyk? And Eddie Reynoso said, no, Canelo wouldn't fight Usyk if Usyk came to cruiserweight. Usyk's too big. So, again, that's just – you know, you get people talking and fans talking, and they they write articles, but that's not the reality of the situation. Um, and Zito just told you in playing terms because of you know the physicality of Canelo. Um, obviously, you know a, a great fighter can cherry pick a title at a higher weight, um, but right now there there is nothing on the table that interests Canelo or his management at heavyweight. Or even at cruiserweight. Okay. The reason why they're taking a cruiserweight fight is because a great fighter can cherry pick a title at a higher weight. But they're they're not looking to defend a title up there or anything. So, nah. Did anybody have to see the uh, Ortiz uh, Martin fight? Oh yeah. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> oh yeah. That gets knocked out. I watched twice. that. <laughs> Yeah, he gets knocked down twice and gets up and knocks him out. So Lewis Ortiz is officially Lewis Old Tease. Um, I love Lewis Ortiz, uh, but Lewis Ortiz is, is his age is forty two. But you have to remember that's a Cuban who defected late in his career forty two. Right. That forty two is like a woman twenty five. You know what I mean? He's obviously older probably than 42. Um, and he showed it. He absolutely showed it. Uh, you know, a lot of people think it was his punch resistance, uh, which a little bit of it was, but it was his reaction time and his legs. He was always kind of a slow plotter with, with deceptively quick hands. He's still the same guy, you know, slow plotter, deceptively quick hands. But his legs just aren't sturdy underneath him. By me being a guy who, who's been in a gym as a guy well over 42, um, not well over 42, but as a guy in my 40s, uh, I, I can tell you, and I know Zito can tell you, your legs just aren't stable under you anymore. 
You know, and I know Bob could tell you, your legs just aren't as stable as they used to be. And it's just harder to maintain your balance. And um, and with his reactions being a little slower and his legs, he looks, he looks 42 in there. However, he's, he's a really good boxer. And he's probably one of the best technical boxers of this era at heavyweight, point blank. Not, not one of the best heavyweights, per se, but one of the best technical fundamental boxers of this era. And Charles Martin, at his best, is the athletic guy with some power. He's learned from craft. And, you know, I, I got to give it to Charles Martin because I didn't think much of him. Coming off that Anthony Joshua fight, he looked horrible, obviously, and I never thought much of him. Um, but he showed me some things in his build back up to this Ortiz fight. He showed me some grit, some toughness, and he showed me that he really studied and improved his craft. And I saw Charles Martin perform probably the best I've ever seen him perform. And at the same time, I saw Lewis Ortiz perform as badly as I could see him perform. And then Lewis Ortiz finally got there. And, you know, I, I, I told Zito, I said, he looked like he punched Charles Martin into reliving a previous conversation. And Charles Martin was, was out on his feet talking to somebody else. And Louis Ortiz hit him again, and Charles Martin looked at him like, hey, why, why you keep hitting me, man? I'm talking to this guy. <laughs> Next thing you know, he's being crumpled on the canvas. Um, and I think it's a testament to how good Louis Ortiz actually was uh, in his prime, which we probably really didn't see by the time he got known and came over here with everything right. he had going on. Good. 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 Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, Bob, what do you think? Go ahead, Z. George Barney. Go ahead, Z. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say, uh, I, I agree with Ty. Um, I think that uh, when you get older, your reflexes have have something to do with your punch resistance. To be honest, why? Because you're not eating the shot of shot when your reflexes are good. When your reflexes start to go, you start to eat the shot sharper. Um, the, the shot, the first shot that uh, Ortiz went down with was on top of his head. And you could see, obviously, that his legs couldn't absorb it. Like, he, he, he himself absorbed it easily, but the shot and the power of the shot, it, it, when it went to his legs, usually a guy could, it, 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 you know, dip him down a little bit and come back up. But... When you get older, you tend to want to sit down. And that's what happened. He, his legs sat him down. Um, with, with, with that said, Martin, he, he, he's athletic. And he did learn craft. But he he didn't learn a whole lot of discipline to a certain degree. Um, he, 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 he knocked him down twice, but he... He fell in love with, with knocking him down. He rose his hands. He acted like he think that was going to be the norm of the fight. And when you start looking at the fight, when you start looking at what Ortiz started doing, he, he, he slowed his feet down. He slowed his feet down, but what he did, started moving his hands. Started countering to the body. Yeah, started countering to the body. Started hitting him hard to the yep. body. And he started yes, jabbing. He, he started, his jab was tremendous. And when a guy's jabbing and moving his head, it gets a lot easier to get inside. 
a lot easier, believe me. I mean, so, and Martin, his discipline was he didn't see that coming. What he saw was that when I touch him, he reacts. And not all, you know what, not all the time. You know, you, you can touch him with something earlier to where he might not react to it later. He might see, he might be able to brace that. You know what, Zito? It, it's funny you said that. That that same left that Martin knocked him down with in what was it the second first round? Yeah, first. The one that hit him on the top of his head. Yep. So I watch. So I watched the fight live, and then I watched the knockout like twenty times, right? And then I I, I watched the fight live again. And what I noticed is, and I thought I saw it in the in, when I watched it in the first viewing. But the, the, the left he knocked him down with, he knocked Ortiz down with the top of the head, the very first knockdown. He hit Ortiz with the same shot around the fourth or fifth round, same exact shot, same spot. Ortiz rose back up. It, it, it dipped him, and he just started walking towards Charles Martin, and he banged his glove. I don't know if you remember when he banged his glove. I remember that. Yeah, when he tapped his glove. He tapped his gloves together. He got hit with that same shot. And when he tapped his gloves, because for whatever reason, I always have a tendency to tap my – I used to tap my gloves a lot. And whenever I tap my gloves, like, you're not going to get that one again. And he tapped his gloves, you can see it in his face. But that speaks to what you said, Gito, that same shot that he couldn't absorb early. His legs didn't absorb early. Once he warmed into the fight and warmed up and – the adrenaline flowing and the blood is nice and loose. He yep. was able to, to, his body was able to absorb it. That is a very good point, man. Because I, I, I just noticed that the other day. I was like, oh, that's the same shot. I said, but he took it this time. It's warmed up. Yeah, good point, Zito. Yeah, now, if Martin had discipline enough to kind of keep it long and keep him working and then drop the power in like that, it would be a little different because his feet, are faster than Ortiz. Um, he just, just didn't work out. Like they just, I think he fell in love with the power and got caught up. Hey, uh, Bob, we got. Uh, I got a question on Bell Bellator uh, that's coming up. Uh, they're going to move two seventy four. Is going to go to Dublin. Uh, I guess that's on the twenty fifth of March. That's uh, Masali against Fifth. Uh, What's CK? Yeah, I, 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 have, I don't know they're going over there, but I know they have a huge fan base over there, so that's going to be huge. Um, uh, right. McGregor, you know, some of his lower guys out on that card and whatnot. Um, so that'll that'll be a good show. Yeah. Let me ask you another question on the on Bellator. Uh, it seems that uh, Horse Gracie's uh, this is his grandson is uh, fighting. Um, I didn't hear that. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm not sure if Toys. Their family is so extensive, um, and and every once in a while you hear another one popping up here and there. Um, other than Hoist making the debut back in in, in the original UFC, um, you know, and then they 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 talk to others really well, but. Um, you know, no disrespect to the you know the, the the Gracie family. I wish them the best, but I'm not you know overly impressed. You know what I mean? How about you, Kate? What's your thoughts? I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't hear. I was watching the Eagles game. 
We're what talking about uh, Bellator. Bellator? Bellator 272. Um, Bellator, I don't know. It's crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening, Bellator. All right. Hey, how about, uh, Bob, how about uh, Sajayo uh, wants to get back in action on uh, UFC 272? Who does? Sajayo. Sajayo? Yeah, I'm having a hard time hearing you. The, the, uh, what I want to bring up, though, is, you know, over, over when we be gone, I haven't watched it or anything, but the upset of Juliana Pena over Amanda Nunes. Um, that's Great. something that, that was just amazingly needs to be talked about. Um, that no one saw that coming, and I'm, I'm super proud of, of Pena for doing that. Uh, Amanda Nunes, uh, super, super champion. Um, so that was, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. And I was kind of surprised at, at UFC 269 that Oliveira beat Poirier, but uh, wow, you know, good stuff. Poirier is an awesome athlete. I remember the Amanda um, Nunez. We had with uh, Amanda when we were talking about Amanda Nunez. I remember talking about. I remember when I said I said um, Amanda Nunez is pound for pound uh, best female fighter on the planet. I, right. said, I, I do. I want to retract my statement. No, that's how you felt, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Um, <laughs> first of all, the, the Amanda Nunez-Julia Pena fight was, was quite possibly maybe one of the most exciting fights for me personally I've ever watched in my life. I was literally, literally on the edge of my seat. Um Screaming! I, I I thought I was one of Juliana Pana's coaches. I was like, take her down, take her down. Um, but I, let me say this: I, I don't care what the odds were. I don't care what anybody says. The scribes, the pundits, the fighters themselves. The odds say the biggest upset of all time in UFC history on that level is Matt Sarah. Beating George St. Pierre. I completely disagree. Matt Carroll uh, always had a puncher's chance. Yeah, always right. had a puncher's chance. And he won with a punch. He always had Matt Sarah to this day hits harder than GSP. He always had a puncher's chance. Juliana Penna didn't have a puncher's chance. She didn't have a grappler's chance. She, she was literally the. Did you see her striking? Like it's her striking is god awful. I'm watching her win exchanges with Amanda Nunes. She either hit Amanda or she was punching straight up in the air. It was crazy. She's horrible at striking. However, she she was completely outgunned. But what she wasn't was outlunged. She simply Amanda Nunes. I mean, she literally just wore her out and broke her. She broke her spirit. Amanda Nunes said, "You know what? We'll do this another day. You got this one." She broke her. She broke her because fatigue makes cowards out of everybody. And you know what she was able to do? Julia Penna. The one thing we know about her coming in is, you know what? She's tough and she could grind. 
and she just pushed the pace that Amanda Nunez, I'm not going to say Amanda Nunez can't handle, but it was Amanda Nunez's first cut at 125 in two years. She pushed the pace Amanda Nunez was not prepared to handle. And then Amanda Nunez, conversely, got in her own head. It was almost like she was offended that this girl was standing in front of her. And all she kept doing was throwing a jab and a big right hand. And she wore herself out. Daniel Cormier, whether you like him or not, he was calling the fight perfect. He said, Amanda Nunes is just throwing big punches. She's going to wear herself out. This is bad for the champ. This is bad. He was calling it as it was happening. And it happened. Man, I was screaming. I, like, I was like, take her down, take her down, chop her out, chop her out. Yeah. The Oliveira fight was, was tremendous, right? But. After the like the Nunes, that was it. You know what I mean? Like that just kind of it really clipped. You know what? It was the perfect way to end the year yeah, for a pay per view. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She. She. Amanda wrote herself. She. She literally. She literally <laughs> wrote herself. She wrote herself. Yeah. I mean, and she wrote herself partially off of her own success. I mean, she landed yep. a few shots, and and that's, then she went power crazy, and all Penna did was stand in there and and make her kind of keep going that same back <laughs> to, to the point to where we're connected. Penna sacrificed everything, leg kick. She sacrificed actually her actual physicality. You should be putting your body on her to a certain degree. You know that old axiom And you remember that old ax you remember that old axiom that if you stand up to a bully that they they fall down? Remember that how they say that? If you stand up to a bully, they back down. Like no one says the axiom anymore. They just saw a picture of Tena and Nunez because that's exactly what happened. Like she stood up to her and she made her wilt. You know what I mean? That was just Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to MMA Core and watch that fight again. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to watch you, that. You I, I've said it before, though. I'd rather I'd rather fight a uh, uh, a great fighter with with horrible wind than than a decent fighter with great stamina. You know what I mean? Because wow. it, yep. it's going to go forever. That's yeah. Clay Weida. Oh right, and he won uh, last year, right yep. in the end of year. Yep, Clay Guida, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say all the all of our guys that all the old guys, but yeah, Quay Guida's got legendary stamina. Clay Guida's Hall of Fame. I don't care. Hall of Fame. He's, yeah, he's had a story. He's had a storage career. Hey uh, Bob, what do you think of uh, uh, Caitlin uh, Vieira uh, decision over Misha Tate? Uh, I, I get it. Yeah. I see that, uh, Misha, Misha wasn't ready for, uh, that, uh, you know, Misha's one of my favorites, you know, so, you know, this and that. And, uh, uh, so I didn't want to see that loss, but I, I, uh, I, I, I went, I judging wise. Yeah. She lost. There's no question. Okay. What'd you think? Um, and Misha Tate. So Misha Tate, Misha Tate's an old fighter. You know, she's 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 definitely a veteran 
um, when it hey, comes hey, to hey, hey. He's definitely one of the pioneers. He's one of the pioneers for the entire female division, same as Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. She came up with all those other amazing yeah. female fighters that are go down in history. Um, but I mean, Misha Tate. It wasn't really a surprise to me because again, she is she is nope. getting older. Her stamina isn't as good as it was when she was in her prime. Uh, so when she fights these these younger fighters, I'm not really surprised when an old fighter loses. When an old fighter loses. Okay. Uh, Ty, Ty, what do you think about uh, uh, Joseph Parker uh, calling out Andy Ruiz for a rematch? Will that happen or not? You know, I don't think it will happen. And uh, just because of the whole promotional affiliation thing, um, I, I think for, for Joseph Parker, it's a smart move um, because of the financial benefits to it. Um, but I just I don't think it's likely to happen um, at this point. A lot of people are calling out Andy Ruiz, as a matter of fact. Um, it seems right now, um, and I think part of it is is because you know he's looking to have this this next fight. Um, but Andy Ruiz, you know his profile kind of it, it you know when he beat Joshua, his, his profile uh, kind of uh, exploded to a certain extent. Um, but then at the same time, you know he came back and he came back 932 pounds and uh and lost a sloppy decision. So you got to look at it as, you know, from a business standpoint, you're managing a boxer. Andy Ruiz is a guy who brings money to the table, but also who looks like he has some vulnerability. So um yeah, that's why a lot of people are calling him out. Plus he has a pretty high rank too, so. Right. so we got to do a uh, uh, one of our uh, sponsors here. Uh, Biosolar, that's B-Y-O-S-O-L-A-R. Uh, it, they're a company that sells uh, panels, uh, solar panels, and you, you put them on your, your house with no money down. They'll cut your, your electric bill by at least 25% permanently, and they, have, they come in all different colors. Uh, if you have interest in it, uh, give them a call at 727 727- Three one four six nine seven six. Yes, for Patrick. And once again, we appreciate his help. He's also said that if you mention uh, the the Fighting Words Radio Network, that uh, he'll put in throw in a two hundred dollar bonus for you. So that's seven two seven three one four six nine seven six. Power caught up to uh, Barry. 
Um, I don't I don't think a match will keep the lose be losing, but I see he's going round. Barrios is a good fighter. He, he, he's a good fighter, and I mean he, he's moving up, but still, I imagine Keith will have to go round. Keith is coming off a layoff. Uh, you have to work some kinks out. So, but I think my, I mean it, it, it is a fight, and Keith is a natural welterweight, and I think he, he, he might eventually get the Barrios. If not, I can see Keith winning a, a decision, a clear decision. This is another one of those fights where it's like you see a veteran fighting, you know, a younger guy. And I like Keith. I've always liked Keith. I think he's, I think he's still a great fighter. He still has great power. Um, but again, it's all those, it's his knees and his elbows, they're all given out. Mm-hmm. You know, and someone like Barrios, yeah. you can go, you can go round for round with somebody, especially some of the greatest boxers right now that we have right now, Javante Davis. You know, he got knocked out by Javante, but he still went, you know, he still put up a fight until until that point. Um, so, I'm, again, I like I like Thurman, but I don't think he's going to – I don't see him coming out on top in this fight. I don't see him winning this fight. You know, Kane echoed everything I was thinking until his prediction. Um I, I don't necessarily think Keith is going to lose. I really, I actually, I think he's going to win. Um, and and he's, let's just be honest. Mario Barrios is brought in for Keith to beat, and I think this is a good comeback fight for Keith because Barrios did go rounds with Tank, and he was beating Tank. In fact, I thought he was beating Tank up until the time of the stoppage. So that's why I agree with everything Caden said. And the first thing I think about when I think about Keith right now is will his body, first and foremost, be able to handle training camp and get him to the ring healthy? Because that's first and foremost. Can he make it to the ring healthy? And then if he makes it to the ring healthy, can he make it through the fight healthy? Then if he makes it through the fight healthy, is he healthy after the fight? So those are the three things I worry about. I think if the first two happen, he makes it to the ring healthy, and he makes it through the fight healthy, then I think he beats Barrios. I think he should beat Barrios. But that's part of the reason why he's fighting Barrios, because Barrios is going to let us know where Keith is at this point in time. If, as Zito and I think, that Keith defeats Barrios, then depending how he defeats Barrios, Keith will know where he's at. And, and the audience will know where he's at. If, as Caden predicts, Keith loses to Barrios or loses because he doesn't get through the fight physically, then I think that also says a lot about where Keith is at. So I think this is a very good fight. It's a fight he should win. But kind of like Caden, I have my concerns, first and foremost, that he physically is able to do this. Okay. Uh, uh, Jesse Vargas versus uh, Liam Smith on uh, February 5th. Steve, what's your thoughts? Uh, I don't know too much about uh, Lance Marcos, but uh, I mean, Jesse Vargas, you know what? He's... He's always been kind of a, to me, a, a B, a B fighter, to a certain degree fighting, and he gets he gets uh, some some A A list fights. 
Um, one thing is, he's getting up there. Justin Vargas isn't young anymore. He has, he's been through some experience, but he, he isn't young anymore. And, I mean, it, I, I mean, I don't know what level he's at right now. I mean, you, to me, you kind of don't know what level Justin Vargas is at most of the time. But now he's getting to the old, I, I definitely don't know where he's at right now. So this could be an interesting fight. Hey, Butch, what, what Liam is he fighting, did you say? Is it Liam Williams or Liam Smith? William Smith. Liam Smith? Yes. Uh, junior, uh, uh, super welterweight? So, yes. so, Zito, let me say this. Ooh. Liam Smith is Callum's brother. Liam, you know who Liam yeah, Smith yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's Liam Smith. Yeah, I don't know if Jesse Vargas is going to beat Liam Smith. Um, I, I don't. Being honest I wouldn't with favor it, but I'm yeah, gonna, I don't favor him. Not, not at once. I mean, I know he's moving up to 154. He hasn't been terribly, terribly active. Liam Smith has been more active. I don't favor Jesse Vargas in that fight. Liam Smith is getting a little long in the tooth, but Jesse Vargas is not exactly short in the tooth either. I don't favor Jesse Vargas over Liam Williams. I'm kind of curious to see that fight because I know Jesse Vargas is looking to run the politics, so I'm curious as to what his focus is, but I, I don't... I I, I, I got to make sure who I think if it's Liam Smith or Liam Williams, I would favor either one of those guys to beat Jesse Vargas. So, uh, there it is. But, yeah, it's Liam Smith. It just depends on how much he has left. Uh, but if him and Jesse Vargas are comparable... to the uh, end of my script and the uh, we've extended ourselves by uh, 20 minutes so uh, I appreciate your uh, your indulgence for let me do that uh, it's been a great show uh, I want to thank everybody Bob Katie <clears throat> Z uh, thank you all for everything you do for the show uh, Bobby will leave us out yeah guys happy new year um, God bless everybody all of our fans all of our team so good to have everyone back. Uh, sorry, I kind of zoned out of the fight game for a couple of weeks. Family took precedence. Uh, my daughter was in from college and uh, took her skydiving, oh, awesome. you know, her, uh, learn life, that kind of stuff. So, everyone, take a awesome. step, jump out, have some faith. God bless. Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks, uh, yeah, another wonderful show. I want to thank Bob, Kate, and you, Butch and Ty. I want to thank all my Fighting Words family. These shows are definitely dedicated to Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. If anyone wants to hear any Fighting Words, please do call. Okay, Katie. Uh, I think everybody did an amazing job tonight. I was, uh, it was a good three-week layoff, but we came back, and I think we had an amazing show. It's another one to add to the list. Um, and uh, I just I think everybody did an amazing job. Um, I can't wait to come back next Saturday. Great, Ty. Hey, it was great being back on with everybody. Fans, Tony, Tony, we miss you, bro. Um, happy New Year to everyone. I hope everyone's safe. Glad we all made it back safely as well. Um, Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel keeps watching over us. Doctor Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone enjoyed their week. Thank you very much, everybody.
I appreciate all your help and get this thing together and get this programmed up. Ladies and gentlemen, this program is brought to you each and every night. We have a great appreciation. The men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women Police and Fire Services, the doctors, the nurses, and everybody on the first line of COVID, please wear your mask, keep your distance, and wash your hands. Uh, this is getting to be a, a very dangerous situation. We have 76,000 people uh, a day being, uh, being uh, tested, and so, uh, many of those coming up positive. So please, we don't need to lose any chance. We love you all. These programs are also dedicated to those who lost their lives in the line of duty. Debbie Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat, Sergeant Thomas Bader, Patrolman Jeffrey Esmonds, <clears throat> Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childress, San Diego Officer Mike Kebler, Sergeant Tom Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Charlie Condit, Carpenter Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Charlie Levick, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, <coughs> Patrolman Charles and Crispin, Lakeland PD, Lieutenant Joe Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Artis of Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Plekis, Wilmington Fire Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Al Hovell, Long Beach Police Department, and Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly in your fields. The sunshine lightly in your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Thank you. Good night and have a great night. Shem Alek Ma'ilama Shem Ma'ezahilama Suna Shem Nevorat Fet Hakuig Ged Ma'ilama
Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.